0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to one thirty Eastern, for Common Sense with the Educated Redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all.
2: Do you love the outdoors? Do you want to help make a difference for the planet? Then get involved in Collectively Rewilding. Collectively Rewilding is a movement to restore degraded ecosystems and reinvigorate sustainable traditions almost lost by working together. It's based on the idea that we can achieve more by working together than we can by working alone. Sharing the skill sets we have built over the years with each other and providing the community support we all need when there is so much work to be done in finding a sustainable future. To join our community here in Collectively Rewilding, go to www.collectivelyrewilding.com. Let's bring nature back into our lives in a community built for the wild in all of us.
3: from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Ross and myself every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time while we deliver the truth about what's really going on in the world. You don't want to miss our shows. See you then.
4: You know what I think we should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, yeah Mariah. <laughs> we air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 1030. Uh, right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.
3: We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links. Or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook. facebook Facebook.com. His Holy Church. All one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say you must become a doer of the Word.
5: Okay, class, class, we want to talk about what we learned during the lockdown. The first question is, what did we learn during the quarantine, kids? Susie, that government overreach is real. What about you, Johnny? We went from home of the brave to home of the government slave. And you, Michael? We need to refresh the tree of liberty. What about you, Diane? So many sheep are willing to give up their rights because of a little fear.
0: Very good class. Hello Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative Radio Show.
1: I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative Radio Show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this incident so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money.
0: Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com
6: Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizerradio.com. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio Show, right here on FreedomizerRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show. In the order. all right hello again everyone welcome back to another great night here on Freedomizer radio Of course I'm your host proof negative the big Kahuna here on Freedomizer I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today today is Thursday so uh, we will have Kimo joining us here uh, in just a few minutes. His, uh, his cell service is uh, is not the greatest where he's at right now, so he's trying to uh, get a clean phone line to join us. We can also have you guys uh, join us, too, if you want to be a part of the show. The number here is 319-527-6208, and just press lucky number 1 on your phone. And I will make it a point to bring you into tonight's conversation. And I'll be honest, I am going to be clip-heavy until Chemo joins us here. So let me see what we have in the hopper already. So I let me take four minutes here. I want to I discuss this here where Elon Musk talks about uh, <laughs> what advertisers can do to themselves. And I, I support this, so here we go.
7: So Elon Musk is doing an interview about Twitter, and Elon Musk, uh, I believe it was that Aaron, was it, Aaron Sorkin guy, whatever. It was, and uh, he asked him a question about Twitter and advertisers who are boycotting Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen, we need a little bit more of this. But it was what he said after. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. That matters too. Here, check this out.
2: Apology tour, if you will. This had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers. Leaving, we talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop.
8: You hope... Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go yourself.
5: But go yourself. <laughs> is that clear? Uh, I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience.
6: Well, well, let me ask you then.
5: That's how I feel. Don't advertise.
6: What did he say? Hey!
7: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, this parallel economy is growing by the day. I can completely relate to what Elon's talking about. I don't have Elon's money, obviously, not even close. You okay? I'm not even one one millionth as rich as that guy is. I don't know. You can't even do the math he's got so much money. But I'm going to tell you something that I've, I don't think I've ever discussed openly on the show before. We've been under pressure for a really long time to just toe the liberal line on talking points. Don't talk about the 2020 election. You know, don't talk about voter fraud. What else have we done? Don't talk about COVID and masks or, or X will happen. Do X and Y will happen. The nice part about being in a position I'm in when you're not guided by money or financial things. I like, I'm a capitalist, I enjoy making money, but Joe, you've been with me the longest. Yes. You absolutely know for a fact that there were a couple of different companies who I felt were getting squishy on stuff, who came to us and said, hey, we want to re-up and we'd like to do this deal with you for another year to talk to your listeners, and you probably recall which ones, Joe. We were like, no thanks. No need to bash them, you know, you do your thing, you make your money with your product, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll see you later. Have a nice day. This isn't a good fit for the show. Folks, trust me, it happened. Not just once, but a couple of times. You mean you've turned down like six-figure advertising deals from companies? Yeah, not just once. Because I feel the same way Elon does. That we're going to stand by a show. This show is anchored in the truth. This show is anchored in saving the country. This show matters to me personally. And we're going to do our own damn show. And if you don't like our show, and you don't realize, listen, I don't speak for these sponsors, and they don't speak for me. I can almost guarantee you every sponsor we have on the show has some political viewpoint different than I do. Some of them may not even support a Republican. That's okay. You make your product. They leave me alone. We, they want to talk to you. They want to sell you the product. They don't get involved in politics. I don't get involved in their politics. Fine. You start pushing stuff down my throat, tell me what I can say or can't say, I'm sorry. There's a reason I do my own stuff now. Some of you will get that. Not doing it. He said something after that, though. He mentioned something about Twitter. If Twitter goes under, that it'll be their fault. That will be these companies' fault. Folks, listen, that's a fact. These people are really looking to destroy the free speech platform he's trying to develop over there. I get there are some hiccups and hangups, but they're really doing their best to destroy it. Remember, what they can't control is the enemy, and that's a fact. And that's why you saw that outburst yesterday i got a far worse temper than Elon, and although I contain it, I've felt, I felt just as he did many times. We've had to leave a lot of people behind. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino, please, and subscribe for free. We appreciate it.
6: All right, so with that, I agree with that sentiment, and uh, as broke as we are here on Freedomizer, I myself have not taking a few advertisers based on they don't like uh, what what I have to say here. So I'd rather have no money than to pitch something or, or be quiet about things I believe in. For example, I was the first person out there uh, back in April of 2020. I started the first ever group against people that don't want to wear scams. And everybody thought I was crazy at the time. Nobody would would resort to wearing scams and not needed. But two months later, you see those same people putting those scams on, and now they're trying to come back with a vengeance here. We all discussed this back in late August, early September, that they would try to bring it back. And we were laughed at again. Oh, they wouldn't try that. Everybody's smart now. But guess what? All these countries over the past week or so, <clears throat> they're, they're forcing scams on people again. And I, I've turned on a bunch of AM radio stations, and people are talking about the need for scams again. And I heard liberals even say, look, I saw the studies. I know scams don't work, but it's the best thing we have to protect ourselves against COVIDs. I, I can't make this up. I don't know how you say, I know it doesn't work, but we have to do it because we have to save ourselves. I, I just don't get it. But liberals will liberal, and, and we have to put up with them, I guess. But I'm not going to take their money. I'm not going to support them. And hopefully enough people will decide that it's okay to stand up for yourselves. The average person out there is not a raging liberal. The only thing is, and I'll put it this way, out of a hundred percent of the people, you got five percent that absolutely positively refuse to scam wear. You got thirty percent of people that have no problem wearing scams and, and they still probably did all during the summer. I've seen people here in Las Vegas, 117 degrees out, they're jogging in the heat at 2 in the afternoon on the 4th of July, no shirt on, and uh, and they're wearing double scams and a face shield. Running, doing a three-mile jog, double scammed face shield. I, I don't know if they're, they're trying to suffocate themselves on purpose when it's 118 out, Knock yourself out. I don't care what you do. But if those are the people that are going to tell us that we have to wear scams so that they're safe, uh, that's not how it works. But let me finish my point. You have 5% who are like myself. I have never worn a scam, have zero need to ever wear one, will not wear one. Don't know how. 30% don't care. That leaves 65% of the American public that discuss, they think scams are absolutely disgusting. They don't like them. However, they wear them not because they want to or they, they're scared of the virus. They are scared of liberals yelling at them. So in essence, you have two-thirds of the public that are, that are scared that one-third of the public is going to say something to them. And that's why we're at where we're at. And if you say, I hate wearing scams, and you put one on to run into the store, and you give them money, and they say, thank you, come again, and you say, I will, guess what? You just endorsed those scams. When you gave them your, your business, and they gave you a receipt, that means I endorse your policies. It means I endorse scam wearing, so it doesn't matter whether you tell what you tell us. What matters is what you spend your money on. That's just bottom line. If you don't like scams? Don't support the companies that are that are forcing you to wear scams. And if you think that scams work, if you think those blue scams work that you buy in a box at Walgreens, all you have to do is tip the box on its side, and says warning. These scams do not protect you against COVIDs. And if you think that's the best thing that you could do to protect yourself against COVIDs, I'm sorry. But you're not going to force me into your cult. All right, let's see what this caller here is about. I have my finger on the dump button here. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I have Josh in Indiana that wants to say hi. Welcome in. How you doing, sir? Uh, hello. What do you have for us today, sir?
9: Yeah, uh, I think that uh, Elon Musk uh, tossing that middle finger up to the advertisers is actually pretty sweet. Um, I think that before that, um, when Russell Brand was being browbeaten by the United Kingdom, their government official was sending emails all over the place, and Rumble responded in kind. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, I think that was a little bit sweeter. Saying that a social media platform was not going to kowtow to anybody.
6: Right. Yeah, I like Rumble, and uh, if X yeah, can hang in that. there, and uh, yeah, I only use Rumble. I, I don't use, uh, I don't use YouTube, and it's okay. Uh, they gave me a strike for my cartoon series. They gave me a strike on a cartoon, and I'm like, never again. You won't get any of my content.
9: Yeah. No, that's Well, that's how it is these days, you know, because obviously YouTube is owned by Google. And, yes. you know, Rumble's over there running like a, a maverick. They're like over there like, oh, yeah, we can have all the same ability to make content and have everything run. There's – YouTube doesn't need to
6: exist not anymore.
9: You can't censor people.
6: No, if 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 YouTube wants to exist in in their in their utopia, then all they have to do is merge with what used to be MySpace and just play music videos.
9: You know, I wouldn't give them ideas like that cuz that's actually what they might do.
6: Hey, if they don't want me, those. somebody else will and that's okay because all of us that want truth will will go to other platforms.
9: Absolutely. I think um, I think uh, Crowder going over to, uh, to Rumble and slightly offensive, Elijah Schaefer. That guy going over to Rumble? Yes. Oh, man. There's a lot of funny stuff happening over on Rumble, and people are never going to see that stuff on YouTube. I think people no, should take a moment a lot of to uh, – people
6: that, for whatever reason, won't go over to Rumble, and I don't know why.
9: It takes like three seconds to download on your phone.
6: I mean, everybody's watching this on their phone, right? Uh, I don't know. I have a desktop. I don't use a cell phone, but that's just me.
9: I respect that. I respect that.
6: I've never owned a cell phone and have no interest in that.
9: I have to. I'm a contractor. That's what we do.
6: No, I get it. I. I understand. My wife has a cell phone though, so if we have to travel and she comes with somebody can reach me. But outside of that I, I don't have to uh I, I don't have to have a cell phone.
9: You ever bounce I don't know, I don't know about you, but um I had to bounce around. I had to buy several different cell phone numbers to find the right one for my contractor business. I got something that has to do with BMW and uh all sevens across the board. <laughs> For the old folks, and yeah, now that actually that actually suited me pretty well,
6: so uh, let me do this here josh i I need to yes, I, I need to have like two or three minutes um have you heard of the liberal hive mind yet? Have you heard of the liberal hive mind? Oh, I mean I'm experiencing
9: it, but uh are you talking about the YouTube channel, yes. Yes.
6: Yeah, they're one of the few good things left over on YouTube. So yeah, no, that's I'm going to clip real quick. If you, if you want to hang out, I'll grab you after the clip, but I'm going to play them real quick because I need like two or three minutes. So okay. uh, I'm going to play something. I'll be right back.
8: Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind. We gotta get into this leftist incompetence. There's too much going on. And especially with this administration, there's too much to cover, there's too much BS going on, too much incompetence. It's kinda hard to keep up in a way, you know, we get so distracted and so focused, so sidelined by so many different things that we end up losing focus on some of the most important topics. Can't always be talking about the southern border because there's so much going on, but the southern border crisis continues to rage and this administration continues to prove to the world exactly how dumb, corrupt, and frankly evil they really are. So today we're talking about the southern border as a new breaking bombshell number was just released by the federal government relating to the cost of this crisis. Let's get into Joe Biden's southern border crisis, one of the many that continues to rage on. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so recently we got all the October numbers, and yep, it's pretty much as bad as you might expect. CBP is announcing over 1,000 known gotaways. That's just the people that they know that got away. In terms of the total number of people apprehended at the southern border, we're talking about 196 thousand people a 2.9 percent increase over the prior month so the crisis continues with over two million border apprehensions a year or at least we're on pace for over two million in fiscal year 2023 that's by the way the third year of this pace and during such sensitive economic times and during times of high interest rate debt not only for regular people not only for businesses but for the federal government you know what we should be focused on probably during times like these is budgeting and downsizing mitigating as much damage as possible but what this administration is doing. It's creating more crises like the southern border crisis, adding a huge, an astronomical extra level of taxpayer spending during such sensitive times. Take a look at this, Stewart. We
6: have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security majority. They say the price tag per year is 451 billion dollars.
4: That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways.
8: Housing and care for illegal immigrants is now costing American taxpayers $451 billion per year. $451 billion, people. Are we paying attention yet? Do you know how much you can do with $451 billion taxpayer dollars? Do you understand that that's pretty much enough money to take care of every single veteran in the nation? Do you understand that that's enough taxpayer dollars to solve the public education crisis that's happening in the most vulnerable of communities? Do you understand how many civic centers, sports complexes, parks, cleaning services? I mean, the list goes on. Do you understand how much can be done for inner city communities with that amount of money, but instead we're wasting it on a crisis that shouldn't be happening in the first place and is only happening because of this ignorant, incompetent, stupid, evil administration. And it's not even just me saying that. Here's the spokesperson for the Texas Department of Public Safety. This is the guy at the southern border, Lieutenant Chris Olivares. This is the guy that sees the reality on the ground every single day.
4: This compared to the group that you're seeing here as a steady stream of migrants continue to head Eagle
2: Pass. This train was seen leaving Central Mexico yesterday and is expected to arrive in the city across from me this week. I want to bring in Lieutenant Chris Olivares. You brought us along last night. We
4: saw that video of the train there. Do we know when that train is expected to arrive and what happens when it does arrive to the city just across from us?
6: Well, typically what we see when we see these type of caravans, the method of transportation is usually trains. So once they make it to the northern part of Mexico, they'll get broken up into smaller groups and then we'll see them cross between the ports of entry. Now, we do expect the train to arrive very soon. But of course, we've been seeing a constant flow here in Eagle Pass with illegal immigrants crossing between ports of entry. And when you talk about the gotaways, you talk about the sheer number of people that are crossing, well, the the taxpayer, the communities here in, in Eagle Pass are having to shoulder that burden. And it's our responsibility as a state to try to prevent some of these legal crossings. But as long as the federal government continues to incentivize illegal immigration, we're going to continue seeing this flow of illegal immigration between ports of entry and also these trains and caravans making their
8: way to the border. Thank you so much. The constant flow and the federal government is incentivizing it. The people on the ground can see the obvious. This is a Joe Biden manufactured crisis, and it's done on frickin' purpose. It's an illegal human smuggling, Democrat voter smuggling operation that you are paying for to the tune of half a trillion dollars a year. Let that frickin' settle in. And when I tell you that what you're funding is a Democrat operation to import voters, I'm not just telling you that because it's a theory, I'm telling you that because the Biden administration is essentially admitting the quiet part out loud.
2: It also doesn't address the other sort of uh, elephant in the room, which is dealing with the undocumented uh, immigrants who are already here in the nation. And I know it's been a political football as to trying to figure out the best way to address that but I'm going to ask you what is the best way to address that from your perspective? The answer is quite clear and quite straightforward and we've been waiting for it for about 30 years and that is to fix a system that everyone agrees is fundamentally broken and we need congressional action both for uh, the lawful pathways uh, that really need to be more robust in statute and for the 12 million people who are here in the United States, who have been contributing so fundamentally to our country's well-being. They're our neighbors, our friends, our fellow congregants, uh, they provide our, our frontline workers. Uh, we need to do something, and I, I am hopeful and remain hopeful that Congress will do it. The President, on his first day in office, mm-hmm. presented Congress with a proposal.
8: Essentially, amnesty. When he talks about immigration reform, a broken immigration system, he's not referring to the arduous process of becoming an American citizen, the garbage lottery system. He's not talking about that. He's talking about amnesty. He's talking about DACA, people who are already here, working, contributing to our communities, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's great. You know, it seems nice to say, and in theory it's nice, but in reality, if you think about it, Those people are not a priority when it comes to legislation or government policy. Those are people whose first act in the nation was disrespecting the nation's laws and skipping ahead of the line, taking somebody else's place who was trying to immigrate legally. And these are people, in many cases, who work in the community but work under the table for cash, don't pay taxes, and then take that money or at least a chunk of it and send it to their home country for their family to use. We're not talking about people who are contributing. We're talking about people who are applying downward pressure on wages, people who are taking jobs away from American citizens, people who broke the law, and people who are taking spots that other legal immigrants are fighting for amnesty. Give me a frickin' break. And this rhetoric proves Lieutenant Olivares correct that the federal government is incentivizing the illegal immigration that we're saying. What Alejandro Majorcas just said, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Joe Biden's immigration guy just said, was essentially that the Democrat Party and that the Joe Biden administration is working tirelessly to benefit those who enter the country illegally and eventually grant them citizenship or the right to work. What does that say to the world? That is a message to all the coyotes, all the cartels to continue their operations in South America using Joe Biden and his promises of amnesty as a marketing shtick to continue these operations of smuggling millions of people a year into the United States illegally. It is a direct incentive because they want Democrat voters. Eventually, they want to grant amnesty to the probably, I don't know, at this point it's probably like over 30 million illegal immigrants in the United States which would then ensure Democrat reign indefinitely. It's completely insane. It's unsustainable. It's evil because we're playing with people's lives. We're promoting false promises to desperate migrants in poor countries, promoting this idea that everything's going to be peachy and swell for them. They're going to go through the court system. They're going to be able to work in America. That's not the case. That isn't going to happen. The Democrats are creating a cheap labor underclass subverting the interest of low-skilled American workers and in, in some cases even high-skilled American workers and all of it, this ridiculous political racket, this vie for power all on your expense on your dime to the two and a half a trillion dollars. These are the people who say, we're ethical and we care about people. They're trying to import cheap slave labor that will vote for them indefinitely, that they can control, that they can manipulate, they can promise things to. They're trying to import a dependent, poor voter base, as after they broke the law and they're trying to make you pay for it that's the reality oh such kind compassionate people no Democrats are just as manipulative and evil as they always are and this is simply more proof if you understand the dynamic anyways that's pretty much what I got for you hopefully you enjoyed it if you did make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe thanks for watching and I'll see you on the next one
6: all right so we made it back off of the liberal hive mind and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Josh. If not, we can move on. No. Um, We've been very
9: comfortable for a long period of time. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Henry Kissinger uh, kicked the bucket. uh, Yeah, we
6: talked about that yesterday, right when it broke.
9: Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody knows about Henry Kissinger's past. Uh, He wasn't the guy to pull the trigger. He was just – talkative little person in a couple of different president's ears to draw bombs in places that this man would never visit and he I can almost assure you he would never show up to count the bodies Cambodia well, for instance, well, Vietnam. Vietnam
6: well let me just share too that that uh, Klaus Schwab said Henry Kissinger was one of his mentors I don't know if you heard that's that
9: that's my case I rest yeah. in the case
6: yeah oh, i I believe Nothing's in you sweet. are who you roll with though, so if Klaus Schwab and Henry Kissinger hang out, then they're they're one and the same
9: Isn't? well no that that's actually been the problem um in modernity is that um the old guard isn't letting go of their control, so like you have like a bunch of really old people, your Nancy Pelosi's, and all of them, just like literally uh what's her name just died the other day.
6: These people are holding on to power. Oh, you're talking about the – you're talking about the Senator Feinstein like last month or two months ago. Feinstein, yeah,
9: yeah, yeah. So you have all these old people who aren't giving up the power even though they are decrepit and ridiculous, and most of their minds aren't working. I mean I don't know if they were ever working correctly to begin with because it's government, and by default we're American. We shouldn't trust that,
6: but – how much can you trust an old person who lost their mind already? Um, well, you got Brandon and, and you got Bitch McConnell.
9: Yeah, but okay. I just want to make sure that you put an asterisk. Like, there's a, there's got to be a symbol over the B, or else it's a hate crime.
6: Oh, I, I'll 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 circle it. I don't. Care. I ain't never scared.
9: <laughs>
6: I said Bitch no, I McConnell. Just,
9: yeah, no, I don't I don't actually care either. Um So yeah, we have we have all of this stuff happening in front of us like there is all this nonsense. And uh isn't it weird Did you hear about that new uh virus popping up in China?
6: Yeah, I was I was briefly discussing that for for a quick second before I brought you in. And uh yeah. So now all the we talked about this back in August or September and Alex Jones even was the first one to break it out where PSA agents were saying that they had a meeting and they they said this was the plan and uh now they're trying to bring it back some places are bringing it back i just watched a uh, a video from yesterday that uh this nurse works at or worked at Kaiser at a, as a nurse and uh and she was let go because she refused to get the latest booster Meanwhile, all these lawsuits came out uh, about, uh, there there are places, Josh, they got sued into oblivion because they forced people to take scams and they had to rehire these people back that didn't want the the gene therapy. So they got a job again, and the first time this comes out, they just pull that, that ish again. And these same people get laid off again and now have to sue a second time. It's crazy. I, I can't yeah. believe, yeah, we lost the lawsuit, but we're going to do this again.
9: You know what was really funny is that they were trying to uh, to convince people that were let go from the United States military uh, that bad. got booted out. Yeah, they were like, hey, guys, yeah, we were just kidding about that, and then they're going to come out with this crap again.
4: Yeah.
9: I mean, it kind of at what point? And I'm asking you honestly, at one point do you think this is um, planned obsolescence?
6: Well, the thing is, is that for most Americans, it doesn't hurt enough yet. If it hurts enough, then people will stand up for themselves and do something. That, that's why I said earlier, when you have 5% of the public that refuses to put a scam on their face, 30% want everybody to do it, and 65% of the public doesn't want it, but they do it because they're afraid of the 30%. So two-thirds of the public are scared of the, the one-third. So until that changes, you're going to get what you're going to get.
9: Oh, you're the talking about of those The amount they
6: can put together is the amount that we're willing to put up with. And if we're willing to stand down because we're, we're too scared of our own shadows, then uh, we can quote Elon Musk on that one.
9: No, in that in that scenario, um, I actually um, I was like, okay, they they have um, all of the gas stations and the grocery stores closed. There's no way you're gonna walk in there without something on your face. So you know what I got? I was able to find a balaclava with the gas and flag on.
6: Them. Oh well, I, I I still have never put one on my face ever. So I went ten months without going to a grocery store in town. If I live in Las Vegas. If I wanted something, I went to Utah, or Arizona. It was a two-hour drive. Don't care. And if, as far as food goes, I can, uh, I can order off things like Imperfect Foods uh, and have stuff delivered to the house. I, I'm not doing Instacart because I'm not paying those companies that that didn't want my money in the first place. But I'll go to Imperfect Foods, who actually became our sponsor after all this. And I'll order organic groceries and just have them delivered and don't think anything of it. I, I don't care. Now, gas, there there's places that only have outside pumps. You can't even go inside. So I'll get my gas there. That's the only thing you can't really store at the house. But food, I, I don't care. Don't need
9: it. Yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll order yeah, it on my you're, own. You're, you're across the Missouri. You're on the other side of Missouri. and Yeah, it's a little bit different out here in the Midwest.
6: Oh, You can order Imperfect Foods. They deliver in almost all 50 states. You sure can. I'm originally from New York, so I, I, I know back east. And I my background is a stand-up comedian. I, I was a traveling comic. So I've been to Indiana uh, and uh, the, throughout the Midwest for, for work. That was like 25 years ago. But I was there. Wait, hold on. You're telling me you're funny. I don't try to be on here, but that's my background.
9: (laughs) So I'm just giving you crap
6: on. Yeah. Well, that's what my cartoon is for. I, I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but I have a weekly cartoon series called Broccoli Man, and we play we play an episode every night here. Oh,
9: is that the robot voice?
6: Yeah. Yes, sir.
9: No, I no, I'm familiar with that. Back in the day, I called uh, about like, I remember was it you... eight months ago? Yeah.
6: But yeah, that's my background. So as you probably know, I've been on air, I've been on Freedomizer. Well, Freedomizer started in January of 2010. So we're about to hit 14 years on Freedomizer next month. And uh, from there, I, I was on here. I started in March two thousand eight, so it's about to be sixteen years on on this busy.
9: How you liking it?
6: Well, I, I mean, sixteen years in, I think I have a pretty good uh, grasp on if I'll like it or not. But it's uh, <sighs> hey, it's it's been okay. Right on, man. As long as I get to wake people up and get to share my thoughts and people call in, then I'm good. Oh uh, yeah, sir. Yeah.
9: No, I, I think if you can't speak, then there's no point. Do you, Do you remember the uh, Daily Wire Crowder beef? Yes. What do you think about that?
6: I, I don't really get involved with. Uh, with Inside Politics on other shows, if, if those two have a disagreement, um, I agree with everybody has a right to say whatever they want on whatever show they want to produce. It's just up to us uh, whether or not we want to listen to them. And if somebody doesn't like the terms and conditions of how the radio station runs, uh, I've had people leave Freedomizer over the way that they don't like how I run things. So um, I, I get it. And some people want to do their own thing, and that that's fine. It's other people have been here for years. It's I, I don't get involved in that because as a as a, a radio station owner with other personalities, I I can understand where there would be beef. So I I don't really have a side to pick on that.
9: Yeah, that's fair. How do you feel about this stuff going on um, across the pond over there and across the sea?
6: You mean Ireland? Oh that oh uh, yeah, do you want to talk about Ireland? I'm so happy to. <laughs> I I thought that's what you meant cuz uh, England is its own separate animal, but Ireland, it seems like Ireland and Canada are in a race to the bottom and, and we're trying, but we're not as as woke as those two countries. And, and then you have Scotland that that says that it's unfair that there's too many whites in politics, but Scotland is 93% white.
9: I thought that was the uh,
6: address in Ireland. He said, there's too many white people. We need more oh, that, black That was another people. one. Yeah, but, but Scotland said that about three months ago. I, I, If I look for it hard enough, I can I can play it. But Ireland just went through that too, where they, they want to be a more Muslim country or Muslim friendly. Uh, I'm Irish. Well, it's hard, I'm, I'm it's hard for and, me to see that. I'm Jewish, so I I understand.
9: It's really it's really difficult to see that because I'm like, oh, do you want a bunch? Because I know that there are um, a bunch – there's like tens of millions of Americans with some Irish blood, and all it would take is a few boat rides, and we'd pretty much take over the entire country.
6: We <laughs> like, spent, it, it wouldn't be hard. We spent almost 60 I, – I, I'll say 60 years. We spent 60 years uh, since the day of Martin Luther King where where we have been – beaten to death. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. We've been beaten to death and our instincts are we love all people of all ethnicities. So we had a run uh, up until maybe 45 years ago where everybody loved everybody. Then all of a sudden it's okay to have enclaves and and it's okay to be racist again. Uh, uh My background is Jewish and Italian. So uh, I, I just don't understand why well, all they of really double tapped this year with that it's one fresh to say kill the Jews.
9: Yeah. No, that's um and I actually uh I'm actually uh part of a Catholic church here in town and we are uh familiar with relations with uh a temple called Mount Sinai and we were like, Do you need us to work security at your door while you're worshipping? You know, we have your back. <laughs> Like nobody's gonna come in here. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's kinda I think everything is kinda stupid. Like uh
6: Well and, but I think but that's, here's,
9: I think that's the metric. Here's
6: the wrinkle though, yeah. Josh, is that when a a ruler wants to rule over the, the country and their favorability is basically ish, then they have to resort to things to make people hate each other so they can come in with an iron fist. And you can run a country two ways. You can run it like Trump, where everybody's making money and everybody's happy. Or you can run things so terrible that everything falls apart, and then you're happy to rule over the ruins. And that's what they're trying to accomplish.
9: Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that second part. Cause, um,
6: no, but that, that that's you... what they're doing. So that they want us to be the next Venezuela. If they could topple the, the United, uh, the, the, the Western Front of, of the world and make it, a, let's put it this way. There's a reason why why Xi uh, Ping went to San Francisco and not Washington, D.C. You know why, right?
9: I'm not going to say it has anything to do with Gavin Newsom at all. I'm not going to no. say that. You're not going to get me to say that.
6: Oh, it has nothing to do with him.
9: Oh, okay. Good, because uh, I wasn't going to say. Who do you it.
6: think runs the world right now? Uh, Xi Ping might be close, but he he might be he might get the bronze medal uh, or something of that nature. Who runs the world? Apple. Where are they at? Silicon Valley. Who runs the world? Google. Where are they at? Silicon Valley. Who? Uh, what about BlackRock? Where are they at? Silicon Valley.
9: Where to stay straight at?
6: Right, exactly. Mhm. So that that so he, Xi Jinping just went to uh, went to go check on on his people.
9: No, I think I think that is actually a really important um, aspect that people need to take into account is that um, these people have ridiculous influence and in monetary value, but actually it's people because. Uh, these people are just men, and I think that uh, the scariest possible thing that they can experience is a revolt, and I think that they're begging for one at this point. Does that make sense to you?
6: Um, they they want – that. what they want is uh, – they do want a revolt, but they don't want a total revolt. They want just enough so that they can come in and lay down the law because – If 300 million Americans said, no, this is enough, they won't know what to do with that. But if 10, 20 million come out, which is what they expect, then they can come up and say, we got to get rid of these hooligans. And so people are are scared of their own shadows, so they're going to sit in their house like they did in in Nazi Germany, uh, among other places, because they're, they're scared of their own shadows. That's what the globalists are banking on, where just enough people come out of the come out of the shadow so they can put down the gauntlet and prove to everybody else, see, this is why you don't speak up. That's what they want.
9: So load those hollow points after all, huh? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. We keep seeing this over and over again. This is not the first time this has happened. (laughs) This is the weirdest contribution from, uh, different states up especially across you know the pacific ocean you working unilaterally but uh, no no it's it's the same thing uh powers converge everybody thinks that they're really tough and they're gonna they're gonna have so much influence and then the people are just gonna kowtow and they're gonna bend it they're gonna bend the knee and then the people rise up and they eat them over and over again and then something else rises yeah, and up. And if we later. don't
6: rise up and we continue to take it then, then they'll they'll just come back for more. I bet they, they even can't believe how much they've been able to get away with. I honestly believe that. Look at how many people at least got two or three gene therapies in their system. And
9: they took that DNA, and they actually made that uh, very publicly available that um, if you were to get the COVID shot and you were also able to take one of those Ancestry DNA kit tests, Mm -hmm. then um, the CCP was collecting your DNA. Yeah. Yep. Nothing funny about that at all. There's no comedy at all to be had. Nothing here.
6: No. And and the thing is too, with Xi Jinping coming to America, if we're we're not even able to pay the interest anymore on the on the debt to China. So at some point and I, I can't get mad at China for saying, Well, we need something because you owe us this and we're going broke financing you. So if if China tried to say, "Give us Hawaii." Uh, hey, I think it sucks. I, I can't get mad at that because, hey, China no. China did give the money to the United States. Uh, who was who the harbinger?
9: the harbinger to make that deal?
6: Um, I I don't think it would be. Uh, I don't think Trump no, would make who, that deal. I, I bet
9: Brandon no, would consider. No sir, it. no sir, no sir. No, I'm saying who was the harbinger to make the original deal to build up China? His name was Henry Kissinger,
6: and oh, that moron just yeah. died. Yeah.
9: And I'm so I'm not going to be an a-hole and be like, oh yeah, you know his family's out there crying and grieving. You know, I'm so happy he died. The world is a little bit better off without him.
6: No, I can appreciate that. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna talk smack about him. But except I'm glad he got where he. I'm glad he got where he wanted to go. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. No. No. Give it. Give it a month or
9: two, and then you can tell tell the people how you really feel. Um, no. So he he was trying to bring economic freedom, and trying to convince the Soviets of China. I'm sorry, the Communists of China. And trying to sway them away from the Soviets or Russia. And that was never going to happen because China had its own mentality and Russia had its own mentality. And we were able to economically outspend the Russians in the Cold War. That's why we won. Um, They spent so much money trying to keep up with us that they could not possibly do anything about what the heck was going on. But China and their communist ideology, they were very similar to the Soviets in the fact that they were willing to throw wave after wave of their own people at problems, and to sacrifice masses,
6: masses of people, and well, they didn't care. Look at care. what Josh. Uh, look at what they're ready to do now. Keep in mind, they had a one-child policy for what, sixty, seventy years, and they are predominantly male. And they said themselves, if we got rid of 150 million men, it wouldn't even matter to us because some. A lot of these millions of men out there have never even had a female date in their life. They're not reproducing. And if they can eliminate some of them, it would free up the the country they feel.
9: Yes, this is why ideologically we'll never mesh. These are not our people. They are willing to kill millions upon millions of their own people. These are not our kind.
6: No, and I'll say any religion that that their their mantra is we have to kill everybody who's not part of us. Um, I I'm uh, be, be, be in, very
9: be very careful when you say that you understand you're talking about an actual religion that's practiced in like dozens of countries right now.
6: No, I I, I get that, and it, the thing is, is that if someone's Catholic, Christian, Mormon, Protestant, I, I don't care. I don't even care if they're Muslim to be honest. the Mm -hmm. only thing is, is that if your mission is to kill people who are not your religion, then you need to be eradicated. And and it doesn't matter what the religion is. If your goal is to kill everybody, then that's not something that's going to mesh with other people.
9: No, that's not going to be effective with people that are better equipped to handle violence. They do have yeah, no, that's that's a normal thing. Is um, ideologies are out there all over the world, and everybody's like, "Oh, if only I could do something about this." You can't do anything about it because the people that can do stuff about stuff already took over the world.
6: What are you gonna do? You're not gonna do anything over there. We already did it. Here's, but the, the goal is is that these these islam's these radicals are useful idiots because their their goal is to kill other people. And when you got a globalist that will, will throw them some bones and, and you see the dogs with their tongues wagging out and, and panting hard. And as soon as they uh, have some violence going on, then the globalist can act like captain Sabahoe and uh and, and come in and, and lay the law down and, and, and play both sides of a war.
9: Absolutely. Yeah. My whole point was that, um, yeah, I wasn't talking about Muslims. I was talking about Islamists. Um, these violent no, radicals. i the same
6: thing. Yeah, there are probably more peaceful Muslims in the world than Christians, to be honest. Nope, not even
9: not even close. There are more Islamists than
6: there are militaries on the planet. That's the thing that people should oh, be concerned about. I was saying about. peaceful Muslims. I'm not talking about Islamic extremists. I'm talking about just the peaceful Muslims. So this has oh, yeah. nothing to do with the peaceful Muslims. A lot of people just wanna just wanna pray to Allah and uh, and and leave everybody else alone. And I can respect that ten thousand percent. But when when you have the radical fundamentalist, uh, that that's a whole different story. And, and you are right. They they can equal they can equal any army except maybe China, because the, because like I said, if if China had a draft. And they can call up 150 million people. I don't think that – I don't think the Islams would would win over that. But anybody else, the radicals would win.
9: Yeah, that would make sense. I don't think that China actually has the population that it claims to have um, because, as we know, uh, China isn't honest about anything. I'm pretty sure they lost a bunch of people with COVID. I'm pretty sure before that they didn't even have the people they claimed
6: yeah, but it is possible though uh that that they have we, we know they have a ton of people. So we they have okay, can we can we in despair, I can't verify that, but even if we, it's 100 million, I, I think we, that's enough. Can we agree that
9: China has anywhere between 800 million people and 5 billion people? We don't know.
6: 5 billion? Sure, why not? I think $5 billion might people. be a little excessive, uh, I might give I you $2.5 I know, two that's and a half. hilarious.
9: 2 and a half, okay, I will take two and a half. They treat their cities, they, and they, that's only places that um, foreigners are allowed to visit. They treat their cities like landmarks. They bring them in just like yeah. how uh, they cleaned up San Francisco for the Chinese to come in and see. They cleaned up all the homeless and the poop. It's like, yeah,
6: all you Were see you is you the around in, in 1996 when uh, – was it nine? No, maybe it wasn't ninety six. What year was it when China had the Summer Olympics? Uh,
9: wasn't it ninety six?
6: Uh, that I think that was Atlanta. That actually, wasn't two thousand. about it. Regardless, that that that's when when everybody was talking about how it, it might have been two thousand four, or two thousand eight. Regardless, they they used that that chemtrailing like you wouldn't believe, to clean up the skies after they told us no such things as chemtrails exist.
9: And then you found out um, in a later document in 2008 that um, they were using uh, silver something oxide in the UAE sure. to clean up the skies. And, yeah. I don't know. A lot of things
6: to trust these days. I do think India probably does have more population than China, but that's just me. I can almost guarantee that India has a higher
9: population than China because they literally had the one-child policy. And Indians, my friends that are Indian out in the world that might be listening to this right now, um, no offense to you, but you breed like rabbits. Hey, that could be a good thing sometimes. Oh, that's a preferable thing. If you have twenty different, if you have ten brothers and fifteen sisters, good on you, kid. Yeah, I wish that was a thing as in America. As your
6: family can afford it, uh, have at it.
9: Oh no, they no, they actually have the highest population of slavery too. So, well, recorded slavery. Who knows how much slavery is in China?
6: <laughs> See, I thought uh, other than China, I thought Pakistan would have a lot too, but uh, I don't know. <clears throat>
9: Yeah, but at least you can record stuff in other countries. You can't record anything in China because oh, of they're seclusionists and we really can't oh, do they're, they're, about they that.
6: People try on their TikToks. They try. We did get some stuff that comes out, but then they, they clamp down.
9: You hear that Ye and uh, what was that, Yeonmi park story? No. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Uh, 30 seconds for that. Um, she was uh, with her mother. And uh, her sister escaped into China, and uh, she and her mother escaped into China too from North Korea. And then she was sold into sex slavery, and um, she did what sex slaves do. And then she basically walked up to her pimp, and she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about just killing myself. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'd rather die than continue doing this. And um, she ended up going up to Mongolia Yeah, catching a flight to South Korea, and then she was free forever.
6: Oh, okay. So the pimp just said, well, I don't want any part of this?
9: Well, because he was like, well, shit. I mean, I've never considered the possibility that what you were doing demeaned you, like, just took any life force out of you.
6: Yeah.
9: Yeah, yeah, no. And she was like, yeah, I'd rather die. I'd rather die than do this. Yeah, and now she's happily living in America I think she has a husband and a kid, so good for her. But no, sex slavery is a thing, (laughs) especially in Asia, especially in the Middle East, especially in Africa, especially in South America. And I apologize for all my American friends listening to this show. Americans are the worst possible purveyors because we have the most money. Sex slavery is right here, right now.
6: Um, I might say Dubai has more money, but the, the, that that uh, I'll, I'll not in the entire
9: that. not not yeah the the little country the little country of the UAE that's adorable because they can only have sex once every three hours. The entirety of America, you're you're having people in New York City, LA, Chicago, people are having kids shipped to them. There's nothing sweet about this. We we should probably take that a little bit seriously these days.
6: Yeah, you have Dubai trying to run the world now too. Did you hear that they're trying to start their own basketball league and they're trying to recruit people like James Harden, and they're trying to pay him like nine hundred million dollars to do a ten-year contract?
9: That's hilarious because he sucks for the Sixers. Um, but no, they they the, He got started. traded
6: to the Clippers like two weeks ago. And the Clippers have sucked
9: since then, yeah. Yeah, well, because James Harden only succeeded um, when he was on the Rockets. Um, Anyway, so, no, they had their own soccer league, and then they tried to bring um, Formula One. Yeah, um, it's almost like they're not entertaining, and um, they're only trying to appease a bunch of rich oil mongers. Uh, If James Harden goes to the UAE, or I'm sorry, any Muslim country, to play basketball – that's hilarious. I wish him luck. His beard is not going to be longer than anybody else's there. I'm just saying that out loud. Nah, He's not going to be guy, the beard. Hey, He's you get $900 million $2.
6: to play in, in your mid-40s, I, I guess. He's not even
9: good at basketball anymore. He has the opportunity to be the assist leader. <laughs> He's not going to be the MVP of anything. Unless he's in the Middle East and then he could probably be the MVP.
6: Yeah. I I agree with that.
9: Uh-huh. Yeah. In the American league where all the money's made, yeah. He could be he could be the assist leader. All that guy has to do is pass it behind his back, throw up those alley oops. Man, he could be a legend. He could be
6: Rajan Rondo with a beard. <laughs> yeah, well Stephon Marbury kills it in, in China, so I guess. I would not wish that on my worst enemy.
9: To go to the Middle East to play any sport ever, because well, you have the, to. Once you if leave, if you remember, you they tried to, to do
6: golf. Uh, they just uh, they just merged the Lib just merged with the uh, with the the PGA.
9: I heard about that, yeah, and I was like, I was like, um, you know, and people were asking me like, why do you think they would do that? And I was like, money. <laughs> They're trying to get paid money. All the Middle Eastern oil mongers have is money. They don't invent anything, so all they have is money.
6: Right, and if Who they start the, the Roland nobody survive. would care. So they have to they have to get a few stars from the US. Just say, Look what we got
9: I know well, they're not gonna find it locally. That's true. No. no. It'd be really funny if they actually tried to recruit locally. They're like, "We're gonna bring the best." And it's, uh, have you heard um, Daily Wire's coming out with that new movie, uh, Lady Ballers? I saw that. What did you think about that?
6: Uh, I I realize it's satire, so I get it. It's not something I would watch, but I I understand, and I hope it does well.
9: Yeah, I hope it does really well. Have you watched any other of their movies, like Run Hide Fight or anything?
6: I I I am not a movie person. I'll just let you know. I can't sit for that long.
9: You're one of those twitchy guys. No, I get you. No, I could watch
6: uh, I can watch a couple of music videos in a row, um, but uh, like if somebody has a 20 minute, like J P Sears has a 20 minute rant or whatever i'll watch that that's like pushing it for me
9: that was actually a really good choice yeah jp sears is definitely somebody i will listen to for 20 minutes straight
6: yeah him russell brand there's a few of them that that do the 20 minute uh clips on on the social medias and and uh i watch them but that's after one it's like i need a break (laughs) i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go cook a steak i'm gonna come back
9: (laughs) and maybe i'll try again or maybe I'll just watch what's on TV. <laughs>
6: we don't even have a usable TV in the house. Oh, actually, what time is it? Uh, it is nine eleven central central uh, standard. Central, yeah, it's seven eleven out here. But yeah, we haven't had a usable TV in the house in over two years, so I I can't name you any new shows. Uh honestly, over the past five years i Bobs Burger's is just the last new show I remember.
9: You didn't have your heart broken when they recasted Rick and Morty when they kicked the guy off for a false s a accusation, and then they brought in another guy and he couldn't do it, so Rick and Morty is dead. You didn't have your heart broken like the rest of us
6: I after after I gave up TV, whatever happened happened. Uh, the last straw with me was when Disney bought Fox, and I was a diehard Family Guy and Simpsons uh, fan. And when Disney bought them, I, I said no more, and I just uh, I stopped watching TV at that point.
9: Did Did you watch? Oh, well, did you watch clips of uh, South Park making fun of uh, Disney in the Pandaverse?
6: Uh, I saw it listed on YouTube, but I, I didn't watch it. I, I, I appreciate South Park. I just can't get into the animation.
9: Oh, no. The point wasn't... Yeah, the point of South Park isn't the animation. It's um, keeping up to day-to-day stuff to insult the world with. The animation is should be the last thing on anybody's mind when it comes to that.
6: Uh, maybe so, but... Like, uh, back... Uh, I know I'm much older than you, but 20 years ago, there was a cartoon called The PJs. I used to love that.
9: Go on. What, what is The PJs? The Annie Project? Andy Murphy
6: was the supervisor of a, of an apartment complex in the ghetto.
9: The Projects, The PJs. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, that already yeah, that sounds was hilarious. Funny. Actually, you know what? Mike Tyson's cartoon was pretty funny, I thought.
9: You didn't like watch like Aqua, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force or uh, I don't know Hey Arnold or anything like that.
6: Uh, I'm fifty one, so I, I missed a bunch of that.
9: No, I can't. I can't uh, blame you for missing that because that that stuff was actually formative.
6: <laughs> yeah, I yeah I I know people have no clue how old I am, but I'm fifty one.
9: Everybody, are you taking notes? This man is 51.
6: But, yeah, I used to really like uh, Futurama, uh,
9: the PJs. Oh, I love Futurama. Okay, what was the saddest Futurama episode you've ever seen?
6: Uh, I can't say I was sad at any of them. that I could remember, but it's been so long since even I've watched them. Even,
9: the even the one where they pulled up his dead dog and they were like, you can bring him back and – He's like, "Oh, he lived until he was 14." But and then it goes back into the past and he waited for him every single day and it was it was very sad.
6: Oh, I, and they I don't played remember sad the episode. music
9: over it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the episode.
6: Heart. Yeah, TV's not my thing. I don't know um I heard young Sheldon can uh the guy retired from, from doing that character, but uh, I don't know what people watch anymore.
9: Oh, no, I don't know what people watch these days. I, I remember Futurama. I remember uh, way too many things, apparently.
6: <laughs> yeah, I gave up Family Guy when uh, when they started the Cleveland show, and I, I, I just hated the Cleveland show with a passion, and it ruined everything for me.
9: I just thought it was funny that they had not. Uh, can I can I just say something, and you can hang up on me if you want to. I I appreciate that they had to segregate to create an entirely new show.
6: No, that's fine. I I get it.
9: I I think that's hilarious, and the show obviously just, did terribly. It only had a few it, seasons.
6: To me, it just sounded like they want they. I I appreciate the fact that they wanted to do a spinoff. I I don't have a problem with that. The problem is, is I think they were trying too hard. And honestly, they watered if I down were going to do a guy to, to, to try and get the Cleveland show to go.
9: Yeah. If I were going to do a spinoff, I would have sent Mila Kunis as Meg into a boarding school and her just being a lunatic the entire time. I mean, realistically, uh, that would have actually
6: they done something with quagmire.
9: Oh, don't no, Nope. That, that, nope. that would not be allowed on TV. <laughs> literally the word quagmire means awkward weird (laughs) there's no way that glenn quagmire would have a spinoff because you could find that on pornhub i i promise you
6: Uh, probably um yeah they they could have had a they could have had a spinoff with brian maybe by himself who knows
9: I don't think he was ever that interesting of a character. They literally called him out. He was like, oh, I'm an author, and I went to Brown for a single semester, and he was like, yeah, you did some stuff, but you didn't really do anything. You're just kind of living in your friend's house and hitting on his wife all the time.
6: <laughs> right.
9: Yeah. Quagmire would have been crazy. <laughs> I I think I know seriously I think that uh Meg would have been the gr- greatest write-off like the spin-off of that entire thing cuz she she had so many like remember when um the the people broke into the house and they went to the panic room and then she went down to through the uh through the vent and then they caught her and then by the time that they made it out they were like we're calling the cops on her <laughs> like,
6: I remember that actually I, I, I yeah. get you, and they could have done something where, where, uh, yeah, Meg transferred schools, and, and she gets to be the uh, she gets to be the character that that breaks out of her cocoon, so to speak.
9: Yeah, that would have been completely possible, and they had the actress to do it. Mila Kunis is literally, really, really good at what she does. So I don't know. I I think that was a missed opportunity. I think the Cleveland show was a joke. Um, yeah, no, I think that they, I think they missed out on, uh, Mila Kunis really running that. All
6: right. I'm trying to think of what else there, there is here. Um, uh, we're, we're negotiating with, uh, Vivek's Ramaswamy's people to have him on as a guest here coming up. So I don't know what day that would be, but I'm, I'd am i like to have him on. I, I like everything he says, except the fact is, is that he just came out of nowhere for me and I need to see more.
9: What, what would you ask him?
6: Well, I, I want to know about his pharmaceutical background, for one, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know it. Yeah, that's fair. So Would you have I any questions against, about his
9: political aspirations?
6: Well, I've heard him on the Glenn Beck show and other shows where he's been a, a political third party basically for most of his life.
9: So and so Oh, have I, he was so in
6: college.
9: Yeah, when he was in college, he called himself a libertarian, and then he went off and didn't have a political party and started that huge uh, multi-billion-dollar pharmaceutical thing, and then. He sold his shares and he's just rich as heck. And then he came in, yeah. and he started a competition with BlackRock, I think.
6: See that? That's where I start uh, questioning, and I I don't know what what he's done exactly. Oh no, I I think well,
9: from my perspective, um, he did a bunch of stuff when he was younger. And he climbed way too many ladders for his ilk. It didn't really make sense that a young man could get that high. And then he saw the painting on the wall, just like everybody else. And he decided to uh, start something uh, that would be in competition with, uh, I, I, I can almost swear, was it BlackRock? Isn't that who he was competing with when he opened that company?
6: Uh, that, that's where I said I really don't know exactly, and I need to I need to have that answered. So it just seems well, like I, he, he, he he came out of nowhere, and uh, I, I I not that I voted for him, but I, I I think we learned our lesson with Barry Satoro and his husband Michael Robinson Obama, who I'm sure is a nice man.
9: <laughs> you make and, sure that you put your pinky up when you say that. You be classy the entire time.
6: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, I I like what Vivek is doing. I just want to see more. And uh, at this point, you already know what you have with Trump. And Vivek has already said Trump is the best uh, president of our lifetime. And if he's on the board, I want him. Because I trust Trump to de-escalate the war. I, I think Vivek might want to do it, but I don't think that enough people would take Vivek seriously like they would Trump.
9: Well, the difference – well, Vivek's campaign is entirely based on um, I'm going to be a lot like Trump, but I'm going to do it better. That's why he's not insulting Trump. He's like, yeah, I'm going to handle stuff the same way in many arenas. Um, I'm also not going to uh, destroy anything along the way. Um, And I think that, honestly, um, if it was Trump, uh, if it was Trump Ramaswamy 2024, I would vote for that ticket. I don't know how you feel about that, but that would give Vivek the opportunity to experience the White House and then give that young buck an opportunity to have two terms at a later time. I don't know what I you, think, think, about what you uh,
6: think I think the, the number one choice right now, uh, from what I gather, is Kristi Noem out of South Dakota, the governor. But that's not I to say did that the state's a, a job somewhere.
9: On, I did not even know that was on the docket.
6: Now, it's sad because Ron DeSantis could be doing the same thing as Ramaswamy and saying, I like Trump's policies, but I think that there's a few holes and I... And I've proven with COVID that I could run a country better. Uh, he could have said stuff like that, but instead, you have to insult people that voted for Trump, and that—that's uh, that. And when you align yourself with with the Bushes and Dick Cheney and Karl Rove, you you lost the Trump vote.
9: Well, DeSantis had a beautiful opportunity to shut the heck up. Finished out. Finished All he had to do was finish out his governorship, and he would have had a great run in 2028. But he decided to hop into the ring, and I don't blame him as an individual. I blame I blame everything on his campaign staff. That was the most embarrassing campaign I've ever seen in my life. And Chris Christie is still running. I just want people well, to know he that. Gets that of, is the most he emb- gets a
6: lot of Democrat money. That's why.
9: Yeah, but – DeSantis, man, his people, they, they either really don't want him to win or they hope he wins and becomes a dictator. I don't know which one it is. I'm pretty sure they just really don't want him to win because any criticism of DeSantis, his people came out on social media and insulted you. What is that? What's the point of doing that unless you don't want your candidate to win? I'm just saying.
6: No, oh, I agree, and like I said, he could have just said, uh, I, "I I could do this job uh, better in some respects," and you could have been respectful to Trump and say, "Trump, you were great at the time, but uh, you have some holes, and I could fill them." And he'd have been. That would have actually have been. been great.
9: That would have actually. That would have actually been a great campaign slogan. Pass the reins. Pass the baton. Have anything like that in your mantra, yeah, you could have actually been able to sway people. But no, do a bunch of nonsense on Twitter and then come out and, I don't know, have but people I have people you on your own campaign staff insult people that criticize you. Hey, DeSantis, I wouldn't have done it that way. Oh, yeah, well, you suck. It's like, what the hell are you talking about?
6: Yeah, but when you have Dick Cheney and the Bushes behind you, then that that tells you all you need to know so they they thought they can they can win they could win over people like that
9: i think a uh, trump ramaswamy ticket would be awesome i think that would be the sweetest possible outcome of this it's not going to happen but i think that would be the sweetest possible outcome
6: yeah, i i think Ramaswamy would be in the top 5 of vice presidential candidates but he's way down on the list fourth or fifth
9: who who would you think would be a better vice
6: president than Ramaswamy? Uh, as far as better, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just know from my my intel, from my research, is uh, Trump is is very happy with Kristi Noem out of uh, South Dakota. She ran things like DeSantis in South Dakota, but just didn't get the the name recognition.
9: Well, she didn't have the population, yeah.
6: No, okay. Trump, no. No, I can can see that. And then Carrie Lake, people are talking about her.
9: I don't think Carrie Lake would be a good vice president only because she's too charismatic. She needs – your vice president should uh, take a back road, like the seat behind you. I think Carrie Lake would actually be like – I'm not going to say – Uh, secretary of, I don't even know what I would call that position. She should have won Arizona, but, um,
6: but you know, what would be funny is I would love to see a Carrie Lake versus Kamala Harris debate.
9: Oh, just like put them on an island, give them two microphones, and let them go at each other? Yeah, I would love to see that. (laughs) Uh,
6: (laughs) Like like how Mike Pence went against Kamala Harris uh, three years ago. I I would like to see something like that. Well, everybody was really cocky about Mitt Romney when he debated um,
9: Obama the first time, and then after that it was kind of dead.
6: But just to see somebody go after Kamala like that, that would be hilarious.
9: Dude, her dad goes after her on uh, social media, meaner than any politician can go after her on stage.
6: Well, you got Barry Satoro's brother that goes after after him all the time.
9: Yep, what can you do about it? At what point do you throw your hands up and just start buying ammunition and dried foods to last for a lifetime?
6: But I'm with you. I like the idea of Ramaswamy. I just think that he's going to get passed over.
9: Uh, no, he's going to get passed over because he's a young buck with no—he um, doesn't have clout. Because when Trump came in in uh, 2015, 2016, everybody knew who Donald Trump was, so it was easy to appoint Trump, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's a New York, you know, middle social democrat," and he. He he was like, no, I'm running as a Republican, and he won the race, and everyone was like, oh, now he's racist and all this other isms and this. And then he was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go over here and pull troops out of here. I'm going to toss it over there to the Middle East with the Abraham Accords. Okay, what else am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to make sure that we um, lower the gas prices and make your food and energy cheaper what's going on over here oh we're going to try to close that border and that's where he got
6: hung up <laughs> and uh the, the thing with ramaswamy like you said he doesn't have the clout uh because even hypothetically speaking that uh, trump gets arrested ramaswamy wins the the nomination now all the brandon voters that can't stand the way things are going right now they will vote for trump because they know who he is and they and they say, well, I remember when I used to have money in my pocket. You will have a lot of those voters. If they have put him against Ramaswamy, they're going to say, "Rama who? I'll stick with Brandon. I can almost I like assure that, you. Ramaswamy is probably my favorite presidential candidate since Ron Paul.
7: But he just doesn't have the clout.
9: Yes, sir. And I I can almost guarantee you, and I don't say this happily, I think that if something happens to Donald Trump before the election, I I, I don't want to say this, but the reality of the situation is um, we are actually at a historical, uh, what's the word, nexus? Things can either go really good or really bad, and we keep inching towards it, and Stuff keeps getting intensified, so I don't want people to overreact, but people are always going to be people, and it is going to be bad. I can almost guarantee that the summer of 2024 is going to be the worse than the summer of 2020, and I don't want that to happen, but that's probably going to happen. Do not... Arrest your political opponents, let them be, if you have an argument that is better than theirs, speak. Mm -hmm. If you do not have an argument that is better than theirs, and you think that it is a good idea to arrest them and detain them and lock them away, I promise you an uprising. It is not going to be nice. Please don't do that. I am tired of this.
6: Well, meanwhile, you've got part of the population that says bring it on.
9: Anybody that says bring on violence has never experienced violence.
6: Yeah, the people that, that that say guns are bad, nobody should own a gun, are the ones wanting the violence.
9: Please, for the rest of your life, do not... If you have to respond to violence, respond to violence, protect you and yours, sure. Do not ask for violence. Because violence is terrible to experience and is terrible to commit. Please, anybody listening right now, don't. Don't call for it. You're an idiot if you call for it. Because everybody thinks, oh, yeah, all I'll do, I'll just you know, I'll just sit up on a roof and snipe, and I'll be okay. No, that's never happened. Violence is bad. We've always known this. Please do not participate.
6: All right, it's the. I'm sorry. The halfway mark sorry, of the I was a little bit traumatized
9: here. in Africa. Go ahead, bud.
6: <laughs> it's the halfway mark of the show. I I do have to get uh. Mr. Broccoli on the board here. So if you want to listen to him and hang out for a few minutes, but uh, it's kind of tradition here, as you know, we uh, towards the halfway mark of the show, I, I got to do my my due diligence here with Mr. Broccoli. Yes, sir. So in this particular episode, the uh, the wiretap tries to microchip Broccoli Man. And challenges him to a battle. So this one here, and you everybody can find Broccoli Man on Rumble. Just look up Broccoli Man. So I'm going to go ahead and make things happen here. So Broccoli Man battles with wiretap. I'm going to count down. Three, two, one, action. <laughs>
0: I can't believe it is almost the end of the year already. Now we will be hit with all kinds of political ads. I guess we will see if Brandon even makes a commercial. The 1% probably feel like the public will put up with their rigged elections again. The globalists feel like they are so close to ruling the entire world. This next year they are going to pull out anything and everything to send the world into chaos. There is no way they will let Trump or any truth-telling conservative anywhere close to being president this time. They are one globalist puppet away from forcing the public into requiring microchips and taking everyone's private property from them. Everyone that votes Democrat somehow does not see it. That is what we are up against. There is no way in the world you will get me to say whatever hibby hibby thing and insert a microchip in my arm globalist can shove his microchips up his
1: don't worry green dude i am here for the purpose of proving a leisnicker freedom microchips sir do what you said heavy heavy now just complete the sentence by saying insert my chippy i am authorized to provide said freedom microchip in
0: your wrist you will be not inserting anything in my wrist
1: that is not the correct sentence, sir. It needs to be insert my chippy. Then I shall have authorization to procure this Larsenaker Freedom microchip on your person. Then you will live the rest of your life knowing you are compliant with the New World Order, sir.
0: How about leave me alone or I will shove your pocket full of microchips up yours.
1: <laughs> that tears it, green dude. Just for that poor choice of words says that my ear can alter to hear, I am required to run my hands through your long flowing mane. By the way, green dude, I am going to need you
0: to tell us your pronouns. My pronouns. My pronouns are... ...and slash... ...you. Now get off my property.
1: You think this is funny? Huggreen green, dude. Just for that offensive outburst, you are now going to go to battle against me, sir.
0: Oh, okay. Fine. Which martial arts did you want to fight in?
1: Martial arts? No, not that, sir. We are finna has a battle, sir. A rap battle.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. You can't be serious.
1: Oh how I can be serious sir. If I defeat you sir, I shall receive all of your articles of clothing. Plus I get to finally take a picture of your kumquats and your ice cream cone. So, do you have any lyrics green dude?
0: No I don't have any lyrics.
1: Then I shall win this rap battle in record time then sir. As I am beating you so you can place your blouse, your dungarees, and your underoos right here next to my person. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up. Cause I got lyrics, but you ain't got none. If you come to battle, bring a shotgun. That's cool rep, sir.
0: And you had to use lyrics from House of Pain?
1: Precisely, sir. But you said you does not have any lyrics, sir.
0: Okay, let me get involved here. Go away, punk. Your ideas are bunk. Quit working for G-lobalist and trying to touch my junk. You are a globalist tool. A downright fool. You need to be arrested because you think diddling kids are cool.
1: Not funny green dude. Now get in my 1993 Geo Metro and you can tell you globalists how you just disrespected our crime syndicate.
0: You globalists lose. Stop drinking booze. Stop telling fake news and putting drag shows on blues clues. Okay
1: sir, that is enough. Please do allow me to place my blouse and my uniform next to your person and then you may inspect me in case I have any extra meat products inside my junk.
0: No thank you. (laughs) I just want you to go away so I can enjoy my day off before catch child traffickers tomorrow.
1: You need to listen to Mr. Mercus sir. He says the border is the most secure it has ever been. He said the only reason it is not even more secure is because of Donald Trump.
0: If that is so, then why did Brandon not finish building the wall? All the pieces were there and instead he sold off the pieces. Now we have over 10,000 people every day getting in. Large cities in Texas are being built of nothing but illegals.
1: But of course sir, we need them for replacement migration sir. We need to eradicate Americans and bring in everyone from everywhere else so we can take down America and have a global government sir. All the universities are cranking out nothing but Marxist communist students that believe that they should eat bugs and owns nothing. They'll not fight back when we take it all green dude. There's something duckers don't know what dums are asking for. So, we play for keeps here yeah, green dude.
0: You heard that globalist toolbag. They play for keeps. Get educated now or you will not have a future. Check out the Proof Negative radio show. Proof is on weeknights 9pm to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9pm Pacific Time. Proof has on great guests, excellent co-hosts, and all the news you need to learn about. Go to freedomizerradio.com and click on Listen Live. Also go to the freedomizerradio.com website and check out the schedule to find all the other shows on show on Freedomizer Radio.
1: Whomever chooses to go against us globalists will be dealt with immediately. Expect us to take it to a FEMA camp. Even though FEMA camps do not exist. We forbid you from listen to the Proof Negative Radio Show. If you listen to proof negative, it hurts a crime syndicate. You all need to go out and get your COVID boosters immediately and then get a Lysnick of Freedom microchip. And whatever you do, do not under any circumstance question January 6th. Now if you will excuse me, I have to check this green dude's kumquats and ice cream cone. He might be hiding in a K-47 a hand grenade. Or maybe some carbon credits inside his junk. If you pay attention to us, we can continue to enjoy our cheese pizzas and hot dog napkins.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's enough wiretap. Let's bring you to jail. Then we can work on exposing how the feds and police staged January
1: 6th. You buy his niche, sir.
6: So that was this week's episode, and thank you, Josh, for calling in. I see you dropped. Um, I'll hang out for a little bit here. I I might go early, um, but let me get some clips out of the way here. I want to play the other liberal hide mind with uh, Donald Trump news, so I'll play that now.
8: Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mine. Leftoids, you might want to block your ears, close your eyes, and yell at the top of your lungs. This is not news for those with a leftist heart. This is a news for the beautiful, freedom-loving patriots who love to see justice in action. Not for you little authoritarian little gremlins. I have to admit, you tried it. What won't Democrats try is really the question. I think the question that needs to be asked in this specific context. What is it that Democrats won't do in their never-ending pursuit of stopping Donald Trump from becoming president? Well, one of the most brazen tactics this year was attempting to remove Donald Trump from the ballot altogether. Nothing says Democracy? Like kicking your political opponent off the freaking ballot? I know, I know, it sounds crazy, and that's because it is, but hey, lunatic leftists be lunatic leftists. They've tried to kick him off the ballot, but it seems as though their efforts are falling flat, falling in vain. As every single court, judges across the board, from left-wing judges who even buy into the narrative to more middle-of-the-ground judges, reject this pathetic election interference scam. One after another. You hear that BLM intersectionality ACAB leftoids? Donald Trump is on the frickin' ballot.
4: How dare you? This has to be a joke. I cannot believe this
8: We got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so we got some beautiful headlines this morning. Here's one. Federal judge tosses Trump 2024 ballot lawsuit in Rhode Island. A Rhode Island federal judge has rejected another challenge to former President Donald Trump's 2024 ballot eligibility. Obama-appointed U.S. District Court judge John J. McConnell Jr. dismissed a 14th Amendment challenge to Trump's Rhode Island ballot listing. John Anthony Castro, a lesser-known 2024 Republican presidential candidate filed the lawsuit with several others in other states. Well, I guess that's important context. There are some never Trumpers teaming up with these leftoids to take Trump off the ballot. We should definitely mention them because they're arguably even worse than the leftoids themselves. But let's continue the article. In October, the Supreme Court rejected Castro's Florida appeal. Last week, the First Circuit ruled Castro lacked standing to sue in New Hampshire. Castro's lawsuits claim that Trump is ineligible for office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which bars officials who, quote, engaged in insurrection after taking an oath to the Constitution. He claims Trump's candidacy will cost him voters and support. Judge McConnell based his decision on the first court's ruling that Castro was not a direct or current competitor of Trump when he filed his complaint. Thus, he has not shown that, as of this time, or as of that time, that he had satisfied the injury, in fact, component of standing inquiry the court ruled the american people have the unassailable right to vote for the candidate of their choosing at the ballot box something the democrats and their allies driving these cases clearly disagree with trump spokesman stephen chung said in a statement president trump believes the american voters not the courts, should decide who wins next year's elections and we urge a swift dismissal of all such remaining bogus ballot challenges So here's another lawsuit, this one in Rhode Island getting thrown out, mostly because the case had no standing and the person filing the suit is a complete moron, but in another state where the suit was filed effectively or properly, again, close... But no cigar leftoids. Colorado Supreme Court will hear appeal of 14th Amendment case against Trump. The Colorado Supreme Court has agreed to hear an appeal of a lower court's ruling in favor of keeping President Donald Trump on the state ballot next year. The state high court's decision comes after Judge Sarah B. Wallace ruled earlier this month that Trump was guilty of engaging in an insurrection, but found that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which forbids anyone who engaged in such activity from running for office, does not specifically name the presidency. Part of the court's decision is its reluctance to embrace an interpretation which would disqualify a presidential candidate without a clear, unmistakable indication that such is the intent of Section 3, the judge wrote. After considering the arguments on both sides, the court is persuaded that officers of the United States did not include the President of the United States, she said. It appears to the court that for whatever reason, the drafters of Section 3 did not intend to include a person who had taken the presidential oath. If the court rules in favor of plaintiffs, Trump's name would not appear on either the primary election ballot nor the general election ballot in next year's presidential race and so this ruling is probably the most interesting it's currently being appealed in the colorado state supreme court although i don't think we're going to see a different ruling there at all the reason why this one i find is so interesting is because the left-wing judge in the state overseeing the case literally stated that she personally believes, it is her belief that President Trump engaged in an insurrection or at the very least incited violence. That's her opinion. She's not saying it's a matter of law. Yet even despite her believing that, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment does not include any person who has taken the presidential oath. It does not apply in the case of the presidency. That is legal precedence. That means, technically, especially if the Colorado State Supreme Court rules it as such, that there's now going to be solid legal precedent to dismiss and throw out or reject every single one of these challenges across the United States. And of course, with good reason. And it's funny because leftoids have been arguing all over Twitter that Donald Trump should be ineligible from running. He should be blocked from even being on the ballot. Yet here we are, the most partisan of left-wing judges, essentially making it clear that they're all full of you-know-what. And that even in the case of Donald Trump being guilty of what he's being accused of in relation to insurrection, it still does not apply. And he will be on the ballot. You tried it. They tried it. Again, the leftoids tried it. But again, the Leftoids played themselves.
1: It's called Congratulations, you played yourself.
8: How many failed legal cases are we going to see here until people get the message that leftists have no intention of playing fair? How many witch hunts? How many frivolous cases? How many salacious documents? How many more examples do people need to come to the conclusion that the Democrat Party, ironically enough, is anti-democratic in nature, at least in its current iteration, in its current form? The proof is right in front of you, folks. It's never ending. They don't want to play fair. They don't want to play democracy. They don't want democracy in action, even though. That's what they constantly say. They want the total annihilation, the total destruction, the total deplatforming and depersoning of their political opponents. That's what they want, and it is absolutely clear that that's what they want. I can see it. I don't pay attention to people's words when people say, Oh, my democracy. Oh, my democracy. Let's protect democracy. You can say that all you freaking want. You can blah, blah, blah. I'm not paying attention to people's words. I'm paying attention to people's actions. And time and time again, the Democrats have proven themselves as anti-democratic, wannabe despot authoritarians. And this is yet again, another example. They tried everything to destroy Donald Trump in 2016. It wasn't enough. Did they accept the L? Did they take the L and move on? Trying to build a message for the next election cycle? No, they engaged foreign agents and foreign spies to put together a phony dossier of uncorroborated, salacious information, frankly, just stuff they invented out of their own rear, let's be honest, and then they corruptly used that to get an illegal FISA warrant to spy on Donald Trump's campaign to then lead into a witch hunt, a special counsel investigation that went on for two years, which found absolutely nothing. They tried to impeach Donald Trump multiple times. That never worked. Now they're trying to indict him. They're trying to pull him off the ballot. In 2020, they caused chaos to erupt, pouring fuel on the flame, attempting to burn burn the country down so they could pit the whole thing on Donald Trump, they then change the election system across every important swing state, and they continue to still yap about democracy. Give me a frickin' break. Every L that these people take in the court system or in the court of public opinion is one L after another that I will continue to celebrate as a massive W for freedom and real democracy. These leftist authoritarians are awful, and they prove it time and time again. Anyways, that's what I got for you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching, friends, and I'll see you on the next one.
7: Folks, I'm getting really nervous, man, because the enemy's already here. And I say that not like a weirdo kind of way. The enemy is already here. I I tweet that and put it on True Social almost every day. The enemy is already here. I want you to imagine, this is what happened at this Oakland City Council meeting. These are a bunch of absolute crazy people going up there to openly, they did this in public, express what seems to be support for Hamas, who just raped, tortured, and killed thousands of people and are holding young women and children hostage. This happened in this country now. If these were people wearing MAGA hats, These people would be in the gulag in D.C. already. And you know it, lefties. Take a listen
4: been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own
9: people on October 7th.
2: Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat.
8: I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context
2: to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October Thank 7th, you, ma'am. Your time is up. including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda
6: meant to... Thank you, your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife-beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are
4: old white supremacists?
8: There's been a lot of atrocity propaganda raging from claims of beheaded babies to macerate.
4: Hamas is not a terrorist organization just because the U.S. and Israel um, deems it so. Hamas is a resistance organization that is fighting for the liberation of Palestinian people and their land.
7: I don't have a MAGA hat here. If I had one, can you imagine me showing up with a MAGA hat? And let's just say, forget the Israeli-Palestinian thing for a second. Pull yourself out of that. And imagine a group of people, white guys or whatever, because that'll be easy for the left to understand. Imagine for a second that a bunch of white dudes decided to engage in a massive terror strike, raping women, taking infants, hostages, and killed thousands of people. And I show up at, say, a conservative city council hall in, I don't know, Texas somewhere. And I say, listen, you know, uh, we really need to be sympathetic to these people. Matter of fact, it's, it's racist to actually say they did anything bad you imagine what would happen? Let me tell you what would happen. Um, Every local media outlet would descend on that town immediately. They'd be demanding names, firings. They would find out where you worked. They would have your uh, contractor on tape saying, I cleaned up this guy's plumbing at one point, but I disavow. There would be disavowals from every single Texas politician all over the country. But, you know, the only thing that's acceptable right now, of course, is saying it's okay to kill Jews. If you kill Jews and you're a liberal in a liberal city, no problem at all. They don't even care. They go in front. They're on tape. They, the thing is, they don't care. They don't care. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to. But there's a hearing up on Capitol Hill. And they've got, for those of you who don't understand how federal protection works, the Secret Service protects President, Vice President, and foreign heads of state. The Diplomatic Security Service, they protect other people who come into the country who aren't heads of state. So let's say you've got whatever, Afghanistan's oil minister, he's got a high threat, Diplomatic Security Service will take him. The Capitol Hill Police protect members of Congress and the Senate, Supreme Court has their own police department as well, U.S. Marshals can protect some people, FBI protects the Attorney General, but the Federal Protective Service, FPS, protects our federal building. They have a lot of uniformed folks, okay, it's like a uniformed police force. They they listen to what I'm telling you. It's going to be important in the context of this next segment where this guy becomes a whistleblower, whether he knows it or not. This is the head of the Federal Protective Service, a branch I'm very familiar with. He's asked a question about what his guys are actually up to and what they're doing. Now, in the chat, am I crazy? If it's the Federal Protective Service in charge of protecting federal buildings, you would think the answer would be we're protecting federal buildings. That That wasn't the answer. It wasn't the answer. I'm actually shocked this made it onto the show, and this guy actually said this. Here, take a look.
5: Uh, we do have uh, a number of FPS officers that are supporting CBP at the southern border in two locations, um, uh, and that's that's going on today.
8: When you say assisting, assisting with processing?
5: Not processing. Let me explain what to do. So the Border Patrol, the goal is for us to – Support the Border Patrol so they can go back to do the work at the border. So we, our officers are transporting people to hospital appointments, to medical visits, to emergency rooms uh, that may need to, for treatment. So the Border Patrol doesn't have to do that. They can focus on the border, and we're supporting them in escorting people to these appointments.
6: If, if I could just ask, where, where are
8: these folks coming from who are, who are transporting your agents? Where are they being taken from if they're, if they're now running people back and forth to the hospital at appointments and so forth?
5: Uh, various locations throughout the country, for example, uh, Boston, Chicago,
6: what would
0: they otherwise be doing at those locations,
5: There's federal facility protection. So
6: they're, they're being pulled off of federal facility protection in order to go to the border and to take migrants to appointments. <laughs>
7: it's so funny. I can't, I get Joe, Joe just said it right. I didn't get the Joe for it. Joe, Joe says to me, I'll take an Italian sub. I'm like, what? I'm not taking orders. Is this what we're doing? We're paying our police officers. These guys and ladies do a great job. I know some of these guys. They do fantastic work. I'm not knocking them. They're just doing what someone's telling them. And they're taking dinner orders and escorting people to appointments? But but did you get the question? And, and hat tip, Senator Hawley. Hat tip to you for asking this. Well, what would they be doing if they weren't escorting illegal immigrants around the country to, what, get a haircut or something? Oh, they'd actually be protecting federal buildings. Because... You know, Joe, it's not like there's an actual threat right now from the demon savage. I mean, there's nothing going on right now. Oh, he says there, wait, wait, Joe's like, yeah, that day, October 7th, they, oh yeah, it's, oh, that, my gosh, that happened, oh my, I totally forgot. Matter of fact, you know, the, the cultural enrichment we've been engaged in by having a bunch of pro-terrorist supporting, pro-demon savage people in the United States, I don't know if you guys know this, but they've been culturally enriching us. And the cultural enrichment happened again last night. Guy, could you play this little video? Look at this, folks. More cultural enrichment. Hat tip, viral news, New York City. Uh, This was a bunch of pro-terror simps last night, terror supporters in New York, at a Christmas tree lighting. Of course, that's always the perfect place to start a near riot. And they love their Hamas. They love it. But don't worry, folks. It's cultural enrichment. It's not like there's any threat right now either. So FPS, the head of it, you guys can just like... Don't worry, stand down, no big deal, nothing going on at all. As long as we take care of those illegals, it's not like you know these folks are going to do anything.
9: What do you think? I you- certainly
2: support Trump, I'll tell you that. And I can tell you, I mean, I've always agreed with Trump's policies, always, and I lost friends over it. Um, but. And I've never really actively supported anybody because it's not my job to actively support people. Right. I watch. you know. Right. I like to watch. Um, But <laughs> I'm a voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> but I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer, the summer of 2022. That that, that's just, that can't stand.
1: No, that can't. And stand I with something.
2: agree with Trump on a lot. But even if I disagreed with Trump on a lot, I'd still be a Trump supporter because you cannot allow that. You cannot allow the – You know, the regime, the president of the United States to use the Justice Department to knock the front runner out of the race. You can't do that. No,
8: you can't do that.
2: So it's bigger than Trump. It's bigger than Biden. It's a question of, you know, do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system? You know, that's exactly. And so I'm voting for Trump. And if they convict him, I will send him the max donations and I will lead protests. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel.
4: That's how I feel. Because
2: and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way. But he didn't. He and Biden are both found with classified documents at home along with every other former high-level federal official in history, but only Trump is indicted? Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up.